Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Whence cometh your own help? Where does your help come from? The psalmist says, My help cometh from who? Even before you knew the Lord, He was helping you. Do you realize that? Many of us would have been lost in translation. You know what that means? While they were still preparing and saying, eh, should I keep this pregnancy or not? Many of us would have been destroyed. But because he had a plan for you. Tell somebody he had a plan for you. And he still has a plan for you. Because of that plan, he has kept you up to this moment. And he will keep you to the end in Jesus' name. My help, my help, my help, all of my help coming from the Two more times, my hand. It's a confession, my hand. Oh, yeah, my hand. All of my hand coming from the For the last time, my help, my help, my help, my help, my help, my help, all of my help, come from the Lord. The Lord will help you in Jesus' name. I said the Lord will help you in Jesus' name. When men turn their back on you, God will turn his attention unto you. When you need help, when you need help, God will raise up help for you. From east, from west, from north, from south, from heaven above, God will raise up help for you. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this morning. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Lord, as we go into your word, go with us. Speak unto us. Teach us and let your name be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. He will meet with us in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at a topic we call Remember Me, O Lord. From Psalm 106, verses 4 to 5. Psalm 106, verses 4 to 5. Psalm 106, verses... It says, Remember Me, O Lord, 
with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. Oh, visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. God will remember you in Jesus' name. We began to look at the word remember. And we said it's from a Hebrew word pronounced zoka. And it means a number of things. And over the course of two Sundays, we said it means to mention. And we gave the example of David. That when God had, I mean, when the Spirit of God had left Saul, and an evil spirit was dealing with him, somebody mentioned the name of David. I said, I remember. There is a young man. He plays the instrument. He could come and play that instrument for you when the evil spirit is come upon you. That was how David got to the palace. And the rest is history. We said, that word, Zoka, means to recall. To do what? And we, 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 we talked about the butler and the, uh, the baker of Pharaoh. That the butler, when, when he was restored, he forgot Joseph in the prison. But one day, tell somebody one day. One day the king had a dream. And neither magician nor astrologers, no wise men could interpret the dream. And that man said, I recall. Tell somebody I recall. Say, I recall. When I was in the prison, there was a young man there. That we, the two of us had a dream the same night, the baker and the butler. He interpreted the dream for us, and the interpretation is what came to be. That day, Joseph moved from the prison to where? Somebody is moving. I said, somebody is moving. You are moving into your palace in the name of Jesus. So that word means to recall, to recall. And then we went further and said, number three, it means to be mindful of. To do what? And we said, when God is mindful of you, it means you are what? You are blessed. Amen. Somebody here is blessed. Amen. The Bible says, you are blessed of the Lord of hosts, the maker of what? Heaven and earth. The Bible says in Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. When God is mindful of you, Look at Psalm chapter 8. It says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou dost what? Thou visitest him. When he's mindful of you, you feel his consciousness every moment. Remember that God is not a man. Because the problem many of us have is that we think God is a man. So when we say, ah, how can he be thinking of me here? I'm in Canada. My wife is in Nigeria. Or maybe your wife is in a... Uh, where? Maybe in Brazil, en route to Canada. You know those journeys? Brazil to Mexico. Uh, Mexico to, uh, uh, to Texas. And somehow, somehow to BC. And from BC, <laughs> the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. But wherever you are, God is what? He's mindful of you. He said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. They are thoughts of what? Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To bring you to what? An expected end. And I want to tell someone here today, no matter what the plan may be that you have for yourself, God has a better plan. Yeah. Tell somebody God has a better plan. Yeah. See, that's why you need the help of God. That's why you need his help. Men can turn their backs on you. 
Men can abandon you. Your uncle that says, just graduate. I have a job for you. Then when you graduate and you go to meet him, he says, eh, I'm sorry. Oh. It's not my fault. But you see, the MD had a candidate. And when the MD's candidate comes, the general manager's candidate must do what? Meanwhile, you are excited that my uncle is the general manager. Man can plan to help you, but it can fail. But when God plans to help you, it cannot fail. Because the heart of kings and princes are in whose hands? Then the hand of God. That's why he can make your enemy to be your helper. Do you realize that? God can make... Pharaoh wanted to kill only one person. Who was the person he wanted to kill? Who was the person he wanted to kill? All the bragado, all the noise, all the, I think our people call it harakiri. I hope I'm using the right word. Everything that Pharaoh did was to kill Moses. Who brought up Moses? Who trained Moses? The same man he wanted to kill, he trained him up. He brought him up. He prepared him for God. That's the way of God. The man that has made up his mind that he wants to kill you will be that person that will bring you up. That God may prove to you that uh, men can turn their backs on you. But if God has not turned his back on you, you are secured. Tell somebody you are secured. Maybe the person doesn't like. Tell the person, I am secured. You are secured in Jesus' name. And then we said to remember means to be taught of. Remember Nehemiah? Nehemiah kept praying. He said, think of me, O Lord. Do what? And he had an argument. He had a presentation. He said, Lord, see what I have done. I stopped them trading on the gates of Jerusalem on Sundays. I became the governor. I did not dwell on the food that they gave the governor. I took care of myself. I was not a burden unto your people. And every point that you would say, what? Think of me, O Lord. And we asked ourselves a question last Sunday. That if you are going to tell God to think of you, you must have something that God can look at and think of. Is that not so? Something for God to remember. It could be financial it could be yourself. It could be your prayer life. Brethren, if the church is growing, if the church is doing well, it's not just because of pastor. In fact, it might be in spite of pastor. Do you know what that means? The church could be growing not because the pastor prays, but because there is one woman or one man or one brother who is praying for the church. There's somebody that is faithful in his closet. The person may not even be a worker. But when the person wakes up one day and says, think of me, oh God. Will God think of him or not? Will God answer him or not? Will God remember him or not? He has sown a seed. He has planted something. And I pray that when your own time comes, God will find something you have done for him. Amen. For which he can think of you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we we'll continue today for a few minutes. We want to talk of what it means I mean, uh, the fifth meaning of that word, remember, it means to be brought to mind. To do what? To be brought to mind. In Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10 verse 1 to 4, Acts chapter 10 verse 1 to 4, the Bible says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, 
a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Verse 2. A devout man. One that feared God with all his house. With what? Which gave much arms to the people and prayed to God always. Verse 3. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day. An angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. So if we put your name there, he said Cornelius. He said when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy arms are come up for what? For a memorial before God. To be brought to mind. Remember me, O Lord, here means two things. Remember two things. Number one, remember the arms I have given. And number two, remember my prayers. When we say remember the arms, we are made to understand by Bible scholars that the word that was, I mean, that was translated arms there is what they call, hey, this is job breaking. He said, Eli Mosoni. <laughs> it's a Greek word, it's not Yoruba, so don't blame me. Amen. And that word simply means an act of mercy. An act of pity. And I want to challenge us today, brethren. Somebody needs your help. And that person that needs your help is somebody for whom you can render that help. But are you ready to render the help? Are you prepared to render that help? God will send that person to you. Remember, I think there was this story that was shared of somebody that they said, Jesus will visit your house. And he was waiting for the type of Jesus you see in those pictures. But Jesus came to his house in form of a beggar. What did he do? He said, I'm waiting for Jesus. You are coming to take my time. When he comes, I won't recognize him. He drove the beggar away. At the end of the day, he had a visitation. He said, I was waiting all day for Jesus. Say, Jesus came. What did you do? You drove him away. The word arm there means an act of compassion. An act of mercy. A donation to the poor. An act of charity. That's what the Bible is talking about. Brethren, many of us have seen men, people we don't know, come to us, especially when you are driving through downtown. And they are asking for what? Arms. They are asking for maybe one dollar, maybe two dollar. What do you do? You say, ah, you give it to him now. You go and use it to, to, to take to take drugs. The reason he's asking for you from you is because you can give him. And like our elders will say, the hand that gives is what? It's always on top. God has put you on top. You will not go down in Jesus' name. Even that prayer, some people don't like it. Testimony: God has put me on top. I will not go down in the name of Jesus. Tell somebody my hand will always be on top in the name of Jesus. Now because you are not selfish, tell your neighbor, say your hand will always be on top in the name of Jesus. In other words, you will always be a giver. You will always be a giver. Mind you, brethren, you cannot give what you don't have. But the problem with many of us is not that we don't have. It's just that we are selfish. And we have refused to give. That's a song our, our people sing. That they said, our God, he does not eat Amala. He does not eat that special eatable food. 
What does he eat? Thanksgiving. But that which you give unto him, that which you give unto that poor man, unto that poor sister, unto that poor neighbor, comes up as a remembrance before him on the day of visitation. That's very important. I said the word, that word, remember there, when we are saying, I mean, we are talking of to be brought to mind. It means two things. Number one is the arm. We cannot, I mean, talk about this long enough, but I'm sure you've got the message. Let your actions prove that you are a child of God. Not just your words. Not just say, don't you know I'm a Christian? If that's the only means by which they will know you are a child of God, then you are failing somewhere. You are doing what? If until you have to say, don't you know I'm a Christian, before then you are a Christian, you are failing somewhere. The Bible says, let your light do what? So shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's because your light is not shining that you have to tell people, I'm a Christian now. And they will look at you and say, oh, sorry, you mean you are a Christian? Many of us where we are, God has given us the opportunity to share the word. To just tell somebody that Jesus loves you. The person is down. He's discouraged. He's thinking about his life or she's thinking about her life. Say, what is my Lord? Why am I like this? Why is my own like this? <clears throat> People are making headway. How come all I can talk about is problems? And you come across that brother. You come across that sister. And instead of you to be the source of encouragement, to tell that brother, look, the world may turn against you, but as a friend that never turns against you, and his name is who? Jesus. His name is Jesus. Do you realize some people have never had? And when I say never, I mean what? I mean never. There are people in this Canada that have never had anybody tell them that Jesus loves them. Brethren, that's the truth. How is it that the occult is taking away, snatching people away from the kingdom of God? I read a book yesterday of a lady. She had a visitation with Jesus. And he told her, you are going to be my shining light. I have an assignment for you. But she grew up in the Catholic church. And after the revelation, she started going around looking for who? Jesus. Said, I met Jesus in my dream. I met him in my revelation. I want to know more about him. But the more she sought for Jesus, every encounter she met led her into occultism. In fact, the person that eventually initiated her opened the Bible to her. And yes, he opened the Bible. He opened the Bible to John 3.16. Yes. He said, the Bible says that uh, God so loved the world that who serve. He said, the only way you can be transformed so that you become a child of God is by this initiation that I will give to you. By the time she was finished, he made her deeper a daughter of hellfire. But after about 12 years, Jesus came for her. And she, then she asked him a question. He said, Lord, you came to me in my dream. Not even a dream. She was reading for an examination when she saw a bright light. And she went, went. 
So, and I sincerely was looking for you. And I met people that deceived me and took me to occultism. Where were you? Why did you allow me to waste these 12 years? And he made it clear to her, it's because of the assignment I have for you. Because your knowledge of that world will help to bring men into the light. And that's what she's doing today. God has an assignment for you. God has a plan for your life. Whatever be your experience, it's so that when you begin to share, people will say, it's not your fault. You, don't, you have never failed before. So you cannot be telling me how to pass. Come out for road. When you tell them, uh, let me tell you my, my story, my testimony of failures. Say, ah, you mean to you you have failed before? Yes, so. I failed. But I am, not, I am today a success. The person will listen to you. I've shared my testimony here before about my, when I was on my ACAN exams. Brethren, I was an excellent student at school until I graduated. I had first class from UI. Then I went into accounting. In, I mean, I went into accounting in one firm they call Arthur Anderson. I had to do an accounting exam. Four stages. Stage one was excellent. I passed. Then from stage two, I began to know what they call failure. Every stage from stage two till the end of my ACAN exams, I failed. Stage two, I failed once. Stage three, I failed. I don't know how many times. <laughs> when I got to stage four, I gave up. I said, I won't do this. It's not I, did, I did it all because of my record of failures. I said, I won't do it again. I had a good job. From Arthur, I said, I got employment in an oil company. When I got to the oil company, they doubled what I was earning as Anderson. Meanwhile, Arthur Anderson was the highest paying accounting firm in Nigeria at that time. Because they used to compare our salary with that of then NIB. I don't know what they call NIB now. Then N Nigeria International Bank. I think it's Chase or something. Whatever they call them. So, salary was good. Then I got to Polacco. They doubled it. So, what do I need I, I come for? I don't need this again. Brethren, the day, the day I passed this exam, I took it, and if I would tell you, I failed it. But somehow, I passed it. <laughs> so if I start telling you the story of failure to success, I have failed before, but here I am today. Why did I need that ICANN exams? Why did I need it? I needed it to come to Canada. Yes. That was the only reason I needed it. I didn't know then. I mean, I had good money. I was, brethren, I was making good money. But if I was going to get my, uh, what we call PR card today, through the normal channel, through Ghana, I needed to have my ICANN certification. That's why the devil did not care about when I was in school. All he cared about was, he built a gateway of failure when I needed it most. But God intervened. God will intervene for you. God will intervene for you. Your sacrifices are not in vain. So number one, arms. Number two, prayers. I know, I mean, of course you must know that prayer is something we cannot fin exhaust today. But it's very important. Take care of the needy. I think we're going to stop there. And we'll continue with prayers next time. I know God has spoken to someone here today. I know God has a plan for your life. I know the plan he has for your life is a wonderful one. I, <coughs> excuse me. I know you will come through. 
I know that I can make it. Is that how that song goes? I know. No matter what. Amen. So even the church sings in parts. The choir will lead us in that song. Is a word for someone here today. That no matter what you are going through, no matter what your experience is, the Lord says, as we tell you today, you will make it. You will come through. Because your life is in whose hands? Is in whose hands? Is in whose hands? Let's sing that song. My life is in your hands. Let's rise on our feet. I know that I can make it. I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. In Jesus, I can make it. With him, I know I was. Oh, yes, Lord, no matter what may come my way, my life is in your heart. One more time, with Jesus, I will make it. Oh, yes, with him I come. No matter what may come my way, my love is saying. Why don't you open your mouth this afternoon and say, Jesus, my life is in your hand. My life is in your hand. I know I can make it. I know I will make it. I yield myself unto you, Lord. In spite of my failures, in spite of my shortcomings, oh yes, Lord, I will make it. I will make it. I will make it. I will make it. I know, Lord, that I will make it. I know I will make it, Lord. With my life is in your hands. With my life is in your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Brethren, if you will make it, if God will help you, if your part will be the plan of God for your life, you need Jesus. That song says, with Jesus, I will make it. With Jesus, I can make it. And I want to assure you, with Jesus, you will make it. Maybe you are in church today, you are not born again. Maybe you are watching me online, you are not born again. This is the time. This is the time. You are want to run this race with Jesus because when you run with him, there's assurance of success. I'm not saying there will be challenges. But when you are running this race with Jesus, you have an assurance that I may come against hiccups. I just told you my story. You know what they call the grandfather of all failures? I went through it. But today is a testimony. Today I can tell my story anywhere. Are you here? You're not born again. Are you watching online? You're not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. This is the time. 
If you are in the house, you can raise up your hand. If you are watching online, just say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I say, come into my life. I yield my life unto you. Touch me, O Lord. Accept me. Write my name in the book of life. And from this day, let me run this race with you with a heart of compassion, with a heart of grace. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And I pray for someone here today. Every struggle you are going through will become a testimony. Every obstacle on your path will become a stepping stone. Where men have rejected you and have written you off, they will celebrate you. That dream that God gave to you that looks as if it will not come to pass again. In fact, you have made up your mind that your children will fulfill it. I, I, I declare restoration right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive the grace for fulfillment in the name of Jesus. Amen. You will manifest the glory of God. Amen. So shall it be. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Let's have our sins. Let's have our sins. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.